There are just two head coach openings left. Will Dan Quinn return to the Cowboys in 2024? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Uh, we had a great guest on the show on Friday, John Oning. Uh, talked about the offense, talked about Dan Quinn and this defense. Make sure you, go, you guys go check that out on Friday. Landon did a great job hosting the show. <laughs> but go ahead, Landon. What were you going to say? Well, I, I don't know if I did a great job hosting the show, but I did host the show. We made it through, and, and John had some interesting things to say, so yes. definitely check that out. We're going to have more guests this offseason, so make sure yeah. you're on the lookout for those shows. But I want to start with Dan Quinn. So a couple mm-hmm. different things uh, happened over the weekend. We are down to two head coach openings in the NFL, the Washington Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks. Dan Quinn has a second interview lined up today with Washington. He's already had a second interview in Seattle. Before we discuss whether or not he gets one of those jobs or not, I want to know, do you want Dan Quinn to return in 2024? Want. That's that's a, that's a strong operative word, right? Um, or what should Cowboy I, fans be rooting for here? You know, I, listen, I, I think here's the thing is that, you know, there has been clearly a commitment to a running it back situation, right? A, 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 a trying to reload this this uh, iteration of the Cowboys and try and see if we get better results next year. Um, you know, and, and we can have a conversation and a debate and a haggle about whether or not that's a good idea or whether or not that's prudent or whether or not that's going to work or not. But either way, that is that does seem to be the plan. So keeping in the context that that is the plan that has been selected, I don't have a problem with them bringing Dan Quinn back because I think it makes sense again in the context of the idea that of, of what they're trying to do, and that's build on the experience that this group has in this these systems, uh, offensive defense, uh, and and try to levy that uh, uh, that experience into better results next year, whether that's a you know, better bounce of the football or whatever, improving and tinkering on, on, on the situation. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, like I said, want is a strong, hard word to, to, to kind of go through because it's like what we want is maybe a little bit more stronger uh, response from the Cowboys about how to you know change things up, but keep keeping in mind that, that, that this is what we're doing. I think it makes a lot of sense that, you know, if you're going to try to mine that uh, experience in these systems that you don't, you know, uh, uh, try to change the defensive horse midstream, you know, or, or even really just trying to make a small adjustment to a, a parallel system is, is something that is enough of a step back that it kind of makes you question, why are we even running this back if, <laughs> if we're making slight changes? So 
I do think that there are there is in the context of this is the plan and this is how we are going to achieve trying to take the next step. I think it makes a lot of sense to try to bring back the guy that you had last year. You had a lot of success with. Uh, obviously, we're just m- maybe even more well aware of the flaws uh, in that scheme. though. A couple of questions I had for you. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there now saying, hey, if the Cowboys can't bring back Dan Quinn, why don't you go out and get a Mike Frabel or a Bill Belichick to run the defense? And I think the answer, and I'm, I would love to hear your thoughts on this as well, is those guys have just so much stature in the league. Like, they're not taking a defensive coordinator job. They're just probably going to take a year off and wait for a different situation. Is that the way you feel? Well, yeah, and that also is that I think – Defense coordinator is a specific job, and even though I, I do think that very much Bill Belichick could even could do that job extremely well, could. yes, I, I have a feeling that Vrabel, you're not getting, you're not getting the level of coach that you would be if you hired him as a head coach, right? He's not as good at the job, I would say, at defensive coordinator as he is at the job of head head coach, and those are very two different two very different jobs. I, I think the problem with hiring. You know, assuming that you can hire a previous head coach as at a position, you know, an offense coordinator, defense coordinator, whatever their 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 background is, is that you assume that they were good at that position before they became head coach. And that's not always the case. Belichick, it is, but either, but either way, it's what it is 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 kind of bringing in retreads, bringing in guys that that whose situations didn't right. work at their previous teams uh, and were fired for for good reason. And both of those situations. Those teams' defenses weren't particularly good. No, it, but it's like once you get to be a certain point as a coach in the league, you're just not going backwards. And for and Vrabel that, and for Belichick, yeah. it's going backwards. And like, I mean, the Belichick idea is ridiculous. He he would never take a defensive coordinator job he, now. Even Vrabel, I, I just I don't see it unless we have like multiple years of him not getting a head coaching job. Like it would have I, to I mean, be Bel- multiple years. Belichick's like what like. 10 games away from the all-time yeah, coaching never. uh never. wins record so like he's not taking a defense coordinator at this position at eight you know 71 years old or whatever he is in order to kind of take a step back to try to get another job like he will just wait until he gets another job uh and, and, and then beyond all that too is that look i mean the whole point of this again is to kind of redo what's familiar so it doesn't make a ton of sense in this kind of reload year of completely changing defenses, even if it's for someone like Belichick, right? Like save that sort of kind of schematic, you know, blow up and change for the year that you are actually planning on kind of making some change on this team. Don't, don't, you know, don't waste a reload year trying to learn a new defense that that doesn't make a lot of sense. See, I I wouldn't be opposed to the Cowboys learning a new defense. If you went out and got, like a young defensive coordinator that I think might be able to match up with some of the Shanahan styles of offense. And maybe that's like a, a Jim Leonard who was at Wisconsin. I think he's at Ohio state now Like yeah. getting somebody, somebody like that. But we're going to talk about like potential options for the Cowboys. If they don't bring back Dan Quinn or aren't able to bring back Dan Quinn. And that's probably why I'm more just like, Hey, if you can get Dan Quinn to come back and at least you have some continuity there and, this is everybody knows that this is kind of the last dance for both sides of the ball. It probably is the best outcome as we stand here on January 29th. Yeah, I mean, it's like like I said, in a situation that uh, you know, you're you're reloading, 
Look, now, now, if you wanted to bring in a Jim Leonard with the idea that, hey, even if McCarthy's gone, you bring Leonard back next year as your defense coordinator, then I think that's a different situation. I, it's the same thing. I don't think he's taking – But, yeah, why take, would he take that job? Like, why would you know he take that job anyways? He, yeah. I, he's had opportunities to be defensive coordinators in the NFL, and he's turned them down. So that's what makes this really, really difficult. Uh, before we move on to potential candidates, I do want to ask you, like, do you think Dan Quinn – is going to get one of these two coaching jobs. I, I feel less. I feel less certain about it than I did just you know since yesterday. I think if the fact that the Ravens lost that gives McDonald a chance to interview with them, I tend to think that McDonald is the the front runner for the Seattle job. We'll mm-hmm. see, but I tend to think that that's the case. So, and if that's the case, that's the job that that really you know you worry about if you're worried about losing Dan Quinn the Seattle job to me is the one that it makes by far the most sense for him to leave for if that becomes unavailable I mean I'm not really sure how interested he is in going to be the Washington head coach that that'll be interesting to see I think Washington obviously they have a lot of interest he have a second interview with him today but I got to imagine with them holding the number two pick in the draft they're going to want to get an offensive mind to pair with them. Maybe that's Bobby Slovak. It seems like the favorite for that job is Ben Johnson. And then in Seattle, I mean, I, I do think they're going to go with a defensive-minded head coach, but I wonder if they're looking at a younger coach that could potentially be the the next 20-year head coach, the way kind of Pete Carroll was over the last 15, 16 years. And I think that's just – it's probably McDonald more so than Dan Quinn. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, I think yeah. that you know this was a situation where Quinn was ten or fifteen years younger or something. Maybe that would be more of appeal. But I agree that I think that they're probably going to want to go with a more long term solution there. All right, let's talk about potential replacements for Dan Quinn if he decides to leave. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. PrizePix is the most fun that I've ever had playing DFS because there's so many different players and so many different stat projections to choose from. Plus, PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepix.com slash LockdownNFL and use promo code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricepix.com slash lockdown NFL and use promo code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. We want to let you know that Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24 7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Lane, I want to mention something really quickly about Dan Quinn. He is actually at the East-West Shrine practices today at the Star. 
Uh, that's where they, they've been holding practices the last couple of days. Saw him wearing his nice cowboy gear, talking with Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, and I think it was Steven Jones there. So still working with the Cowboys for the Cowboys uh, as he waits his process out. It's kind of weird. Like you could it be, is. be talking to your division rival, your biggest rival two days from now. Um, hey, coach, gotta... what do you think about this player? Well, let me, uh, let me tell you in two days from now <laughs> what I weird. think about yeah. this guy. It's, it's strange. Or yeah. what do you think about this free agent? Should we resign him? Should we not? It's strange. No, maybe ask me in a week. <laughs> uh, we got a report from Ian Rappaport on Sunday uh, that Ron Rivera, the former head coach mm-hmm. of the Washington Commanders, would be a front runner for the Cowboys defensive coordinator job if Dan Quinn decides to leave, uh, which would be funny if Dan Quinn goes to Washington and Ron yeah, Rivera comes indeed. to Dallas. Uh, what were your initial thoughts when you heard about this potential move? I mean, it makes sense. I mean, Rivera was a guy that the Cowboys looked at initially, you know, when they were looking at that stuff like that. And his name was bantied about um, around the time that McCarthy uh, was being looked at as, as a head coach, uh, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. maybe before that. Um, but I, I know that the Cowboys front office has a lot of respect for Ron Rivera. You know, it makes some sense in the, in, in the sense that, you know, it's a former head coach with lots of D.C. experience, obviously has a lot of experience running a defense. Um, you know, this this is this is a lot more of a, of a it makes a lot more sense than a Mike Vrabel. Just if you look at his, you know, his uh, his pedigree and his coaching history. Right. He just has a lot of more experience running a defense. I, I think that Rivera is like exactly the kind of person that the Cowboys would <laughs> would look at, you know, if Dan Quinn were gone, like, you know, I said, former head coach looking to kind of get back into it after a six unsuccessful head coaching you know, run has a lot of experience. Uh, you know, these are all things that make a ton of sense. I mean, especially, you know, in the context of what we just talked about, right? Like he'll be able to hit, get in and hit the ground running. It's not going to take a rebuild to kind of get things going. So, uh, you know, I, I I think Ron Rivera makes a lot of sense. He's he's obviously had a lot of success with a lot of different defenses. I I respect him as a defensive play caller. Uh, so I, I think it it you know does it get my blood moving? No, it is it, because it's a it's another retread coach. I don't think it moves the needle know, a lot, right? Yeah, but but I do think that it it's solid. It makes a ton of sense. Uh, I'm certainly not opposed to Ron Rivera in 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 a hypothetical situation. It's it, it, the the negatives that are that are tied to Ron is is are more about just you know the things that we're going to say about all these candidates, right? That they that they've been someplace else before. They've 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 had their own struggles. But I think as far as like you know uh, uh, that that kind of type of coach that's the just got fired head coach looking to get back into what he does well. You know those kind of coaches tend to do well, honestly. They do. Right? Like they, do. They, they I mean that was Dan Quinn. Back. Yeah, Dan Quinn's a great example, right? They get to fall back into what their focus is. They get to like, you know, really kind of, you know, get down in, into the details, which is where you know, a lot of these guys are great. Uh, and 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 it's like, uh, it's like the idea of like practicing uh, uh, against your a really good team in in practice, right? Like when you go and play another team, it's really easy. When you're head coaching and calling the defense it's like advanced football. And then suddenly sure. you're only being asked to call the defense. It, it just seems like a, a, a lot bigger uh, feel that's easier to work. So I, I do think in the, that sense that Ron will have success if he ends up you know, coming to be the defense coordinator. I try not to overreact to what happened when you're a head coach on like that side of the ball, because yeah. 
if you remember Dan Quinn, the last couple of years he was with the Falcons, yeah. their defense was dreadful. I mean, remember the game that basically got Dan Quinn fired was the Cowboy game in 2020 mm-hmm. where Dallas scored was it 48 points and they scored 20-something points in the last couple of minutes of that Watermelon game. ball game? So, right? Yeah, exactly. So that part of it I try to ignore. But Washington's defense has been so bad now for the last couple of years, right? I mean, they were an abomination for most of this year on defense. Uh, and that's with some pretty good players up front. You know, Jonathan Allen, uh, Deron Payne, uh, Montez Sweat, who had a really good, uh, you know, second half of the season in Chicago. Well, I will say one of the <laughs> one of the reasons that I, I actually, when I was watching the game yesterday, I'm thinking, oh man, maybe Ron Rivera is not a bad coach. Because I was watching Chase Young play against yeah, the Lions. Exactly. Oh my goodness, that was pretty disturbing to well watch. And, and, and that's the thing right is that like even with dan like we're talking about dan's situation i mean the reason dan's situation de- devolved the way it did in atlanta is because atlanta just basically abandoned him personnel wise i mean he had nothing at the end no. right and and that really hurt him with washington you saw when ronda vera had good personnel he had good defenses right think about all the times that we had to go up there and like really struggle against a Ron Rivera defense against what is normally a very bad overall Washington team. Sure. Usually you go up there and at least have to fight through what their defense is providing. So in that sense, I think, you know, Ron Rivera is as good as his teams, which I'll take that. I I feel good about the, about the talent on this Cowboys defense, or at least the potential that we can add for, for with a, with another off season of adding talent that that's on this defense. Um, and I think it'll be better than what Ron Rivera had been dealing with at the end in Washington. But yes, you're right. He isn't a guy who necessarily is at the point in his career anymore where he's uplifting bad personnel into good defensive land, right? Yeah. Like I think he can make a good defense, you know, play like a good defense or play like a great defense, but he can't make a bad defense play good defense. He's not like, you know, that level of, of talent. Yeah, and I should mention, so this year they were, I mean, they were the worst defense in the NFL. They finished 32nd in points in yards. But last year, they were third in yards, seven in points. Yeah. 2020, they were second in yards, fourth in points. That just seemed like it yo-yoed a little bit. Like in 2021, they sure. really, really struggled on defense. Um, now you go back to his days in Carolina. Generally, they had really good defenses in Carolina. A lot of it just depended on the health of Luke Keekley. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, but I, I just have mixed feelings. I, I, I think it would be a downgrade from Dan Quinn, but I don't think it's a massive, massive downgrade where all of a sudden now I'm really panicking about the defense. Um, But he might end up being their best option if Dan Quinn leaves, especially if Dan Quinn takes a bunch of people from the staff, like on dirty, or maybe they take Al Harris to be the, the defensive coordinator bringing in Ron Rivera and his staff might be the, the best option here. Yeah, and Durday actually, we should mention, got like at least three or four uh, uh, requests for for defensive coordinator uh, uh, um, interviews, right? So I think the Rams, the Packers, and a couple other teams all all wanted to get a, a request in with Durday. So clearly, there there people are sniffing around this coaching staff, and so yeah. yeah, I do think that you know your best bet is probably, and I don't know that this is an option, honestly, but your best bet is to if Quinn were to leave, is to get wet jr to come in and joe Witt jr to come in and be the defense coordinator if you like he that better leave, than ron rivera i think i do because i i know that joe Witt jr I, I feel like at least joe Witt jr is an up-and-comer in some ways right 
he this would be a really good opportunity to him it's a lot obviously a very close <laughs> uh, proximity to what you had last year if not the, if the same thing essentially uh and and maybe joe kind of opens things up and does things that you know other these other coaches haven't ever done before right just being kind of a younger general coach i think that that would make some sense i think you get the best of both worlds uh with joe with junior i, I don't know that it's better than dan quinn I, I don't think it's better than dan quinn uh but but i think you get the dan quinn continuity with the uh, opportunity the potential for there to be kind of some new wrinkles in there. Joe putting his, his, you know, specific style on it. All right. Let's uh, let's shift our attention over to a division rival who hired a former Dallas Cowboys head or Dallas Cowboys coach, not a head coach, a former Dallas Cowboys coach. We will get to that next. This next segment is sponsored by better help. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who is unbiased in your life. So today I want to tell you how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing this week. I'm not excited for this Super Bowl matchup, Landon. Like nobody (laughs) wanted Chiefs 49ers. I usually like it when we have like a big underdog in this game. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are currently the underdog. (laughs) My brain doesn't really comprehend that. Uh, so I'm not really looking forward to this Super Bowl, but it's it's okay. It's whatever. Uh, so now I feel better that I got it off my chest. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have much bigger problems than who we're rooting for in the Super Bowl or our favorite team. And it's important to get things off our chest every once in a while. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Just visit betterhelp.com slash on to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Every day is on tomorrow's show. We're going to answer some of your Twitter questions. We're going to do some uh, senior bowl stuff later in the week. And I'm mm-hmm. sure we're going to get news on Dan Quinn. So make sure you tune in for all of that. But we have just a couple of minutes left. I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on Kellen Moore signing with the Eagles to be the offensive coordinator over there. Does this does this make you nervous? Are you happy about it? What are your thoughts? I wouldn't say that I'm quite happy about it, but I'm all I am uh, uh, amusedly intrigued. Let's put it that way, like because I, I don't think this is a great fit for the for the Eagles potentially. Um, you know, first of all, let's let's examine the Kellen Moore side of this. Kellen Moore left for greener pastures to go with the Chargers, and then things really kind of were a disaster uh, in L.A. Uh, you know, this was supposed to be a stepping stone for him to be a head coach soon, uh, even with the potential of him being the head coach there soon. He got the opportunity, got his head coach fired, and he still couldn't reel in that head coach job and now he's out interviewing hat in hand for offensive coordinator jobs. And he goes to the Eagles where, I mean, the biggest problem with the Eagles last season is their just complete lack of, of the previous season's identity. Right. And, and uh, I, to me, in my opinion, that had everything to do with the fact that they weren't running the football enough. Mm. Like, and, and I mean, they were running it well enough and, and at most points well enough to win. But they they insist on trying to throw the football more than they are capable of, uh, and with a very very you know stripped down basic passing system that was incredibly predicted predictable, 
uh, you know, I think JT O'Sullivan went out, you know, his way to point out how they don't even have like very straightforward answers for blitzes. They don't have normal hot reads where you can, you know, uh, have hot options on the same side of your blitzer. Like there are a lot of very kind of fundamental schematic things that were broken about the Eagles offense. I don't know that I'm bringing in Kellen Moore to kind of fix all that, right? Like well, Kellen, yeah, he came into situations where he has a very developed system and he has very specific stuff that he wants to get into. And he, you know, he's constantly trying to tinker with it and constantly trying to run specific plays. But if anything, the blind spot for Kellen Moore has been like fundamentals, like just, just doing basic stuff and, and kind of getting back into basic football. If anything, it's more just constantly the Kellen Moore show of like, look at this trick play I installed or look at this trick play I installed. And, and, and like, they can't run basic outside zone properly. So I don't, this seems to be more like leaning into the problem that Philadelphia is having, as opposed to finding someone who could solve, you know, the kind of basic fundamental flaws that are broken in that offense. And, and the last thing I'll say is whose offense is this? Is this Nick Sirianni's offense anymore? I mean, because Kellen Moore's offense is completely different than Nick Sirianni. So I, yes. I, I'm interested to see exactly how that plays out. That's one of the weirder things here is the verbiage is all going to be different. Um, I, I don't know. I, there's also the part of like, I think you're going to be under center more with Jalen Hurts, uh, which I mean, if you know anything about Jalen Hurts, like it, his entire career in Philadelphia, he's been in shotgun more than any other quarterback when he was at Oklahoma, literally never took a snap under center. And then at Alabama, he really struggled when they asked him to be a under center quarterback that way, because it just gives you a little bit less time to read the defense. And that's been something that he struggled with a little bit this season. Yeah, I do think Kellen Moore is going to get them to run the ball well. I mean, they were already running it really well, but I think they're, they're going to continue to do that well in philadelphia so i'm going to give them that's just something to watch for i think philly's rushing attack will be really good the last thing they'll I'll abandon say, it they'll abandon well, it you know maybe the maybe they won't but i mean that's that's been the issue i happen to know nick sirianni a little bit i've mentioned that a couple times on the podcast the personalities between he kellen moore and vic fangio is something and I think yeah. you even saw that a little bit in the Miami locker room with Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio. I, I just have a hard time thinking about how this coaching staff is all going to work together a little bit. It feels like, hey, to me, what it feels like is Howie Roseman and the Eagles front office said, let's go out and get the best coordinators available. And Nick Sirianni, it's your job to make it fit rather than let's go find the best coordinators for Sirianni. And I think that's a big difference, right? Yeah, and, and on top of that, like it's almost as if they completely ignored the fact that they have a locker room problem. <laughs> like they have a uh, a personality issue, and I don't think that this situation is going to make that better. You Probably know what not. I'm saying? Like you know, and, and I I I just feel like it's it's a lot of ego there, and then on top of that, you're hiring a quarterback coach who, look, I, I mean, I I, I think Jalen Hurts has flaws in his game but i think that if you play jalen hurts the correct way and if you put him in a position to to play his game he's really hard to stop man Absolutely. i mean i think i think the records show you that like if he plays jalen hurts's game the kind of eagles offense that they were running and it can be the best team in the nfc 2021 they could be the best team in the nfc they mm -hmm. have been the best team in the nfc but trying to make jalen's jalen into more of a 
pocket passer defense reading, you know, quarterback, that's the wrong direction, right? And I and I think you're 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 really putting him in a position to struggle even more, cause even more of a rift between you know him and his very mercurial wide receiver. And and then you add in those personalities that offensive coordinator, and it's like when are they going to get back to fundamental running the football? Uh, you know, and then uh, all the Jason Kelsey stuff, is he going to be back? I just see uh, this, this, you know, it could easily work out. They could switch a couple things, maybe make some adjustments and it could be really good. But, but Marcus, like I see a lot of paths where this is yeah. an absolute disaster for the Eagles. I I'm, I'm kind of there with you. I, I can't wait to see how it plays out. I still, I'm a, I'm a fan of Kellen. Um, yeah. But this seems like a weird path for him a little bit. He's well, putting he, himself he's not learning the lessons, right? Like he's not it feels like he's not like he's not he's not growing as a coach in the way he needs to because he's no. constantly just bouncing around to situations instead of like he really needs to go under like I mean maybe he maybe he will. Maybe he'll listen to Nick Sirianni and he'll be an offensive coordinator in name only. But that's what he needs. I, I think he really needs a year where he's like under an Andy Reid or under a, uh, a an older offensive coach who can kind of just teach him the importance of but, just learning fundamentals and teaching fundamentals. I'll go a different way. I, I think what he needs is his a situation where he goes and works with a non-elite quarterback. And you can argue whether Hurts is elite. What I mean is like, yeah. go work oh, with yeah. your version of Jared Goff or Baker Mayfield and elevate their play to yeah. show that you can be a really good coach. Going to the Chargers to work with Justin Herbert and then the Eagles to work with Jalen Hurts, it just puts you under a huge microscope. And if Hurts regresses at all, who's going to be the first person that gets the blame? It's not going to be Jalen Hurts. It's going to be Kellen Moore. The new kid so, in town. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. happened to be a former Cowboy. You think he's going to be the first exactly. person to get blamed? Exactly. Uh, all right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen Every single day, go check out the channel on YouTube. We post videos every single day over there. Go download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you right back here tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.